Um, so today I wanted to talk a little bit about depression, anxiety, and trauma. So I have um, officially been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and atypical depression. And these are internal struggles that I have fought against for a larger portion of my life. And first and foremost, I wanted to tell everybody who's listening that depression is okay. And having trauma is okay. I also want to confirm that we do have to take action and responsibility over our mental states. We do not have to give them power beyond what they do to us on a biological level. So, a good way to describe depression is depression is a state of low mood and aversion to activity. It's classified as a mental or behavioral disorder. And the experience of a depression ex experience, uh, it affects a person's thoughts, a person's behaviors. It affects our motivations, our feelings, and our sense of well-being. It can feel low. Now, there's many typical, or sorry, there are many different types of depression. And I'm going to speak a bit about my uh, specific diagnosis. <clears throat> so atypical depression, it's a type of depression that is characterized by improved mood in response to positive events. So um, for those of you that know me uh, or have spoken to me, I probably give the presentation of positive energy. Um, and this positive energy is genuine. But I want you all to know that on a very deep level, I have 
serious depressive episodes. Some subtypes of depression, aside from atypical depression, are catatonic depression, seasonal depression, melancholic depression, melancholic depression, I'm sorry. Um, So why am I talking about this, and why am I recording this ad-lib like this? Well, I'm in the middle of a depressive state right now. And it's very tough to get out of. Um, I was pulling up articles to just kind of read some facts, but that's just not going to work. Um... So, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler alert. Um, the TV show Made that just recently came out on Netflix, um, it's a really great exploration of poverty and working class life. Um, it's starring a really, really brilliant actor, uh, Margaret Qualley, and... Um, the spoiler that comes from this is, uh, a couple of areas. Um, the first is they do a visual representation of when she is in a depressive state in which she is laying on the couch and it goes from the outside perspective where you see her laying, but on the moments when you get to see inside of her experience, she's at the bottom of a well. She's trapped. And it's one of the most accurate depictions I've ever seen of the way depression feels on a subjective manner, at least the way that I've experienced it in film. Now, I don't know if I was born with depression or if I developed it. And to be honest, I think it's um, a mix of both. But depression has affected me in a couple of very serious ways before I started addressing it. <clears throat> the first... Uh, was through procrastination. I would get trapped in my head. Um, with this sense of weight that I could not move forward with a task. Um, it's almost a stereotypical story of hearing about the young white male uh, who has all this potential and when they're interested in something that you know they can tell you everything about it but if it's something that doesn't interest them they just don't put effort into it 
Now, I'm not going to speak on behalf of all people who show these signs, but I will tell you from my own subjective experience that this is one of the largest indicators of my depression. The struggle to overcome procrastination. Now, I don't want it to be perceived as a completely conscious experience. Um, It's not a matter of getting in my head, so to speak, uh, that, oh, I need to do this thing. It has to be perfect. It has to be done perfectly. That's just not really the case. It is a much more physical experience. There is a heavy darkness that clouds the mind and affects the body. As I'm speaking right now, um, I'm closing my eyes to navigate through this heaviness that I'm experiencing. Another way that depression negatively impacted me is through substance abuse. Um, I'm now going on almost two years of sobriety, uh, specifically alcohol use. And I want to clarify a couple of things. Um, There are many, many, many factors involved with substance abuse and addiction. And I do not personally perceive that I am a quote-unquote biological alcoholic, whatever that means, meaning that I do not feel an inherent need to drink. But due to cultural norms, um, mostly through my experience in the military and life as a working musician playing in bars and playing at gigs where alcohol is there I found that when I got into a drinking phase I could not get out of it As I've processed through the experience of my own substance use, I've come to realize that one reason alcohol was so appealing is that it numbed my body. And the psychosomatic experience of body and mind, it therefore numbed my mind, which numbed my experiences of emotional processing. It's also fun. Part of atypical depression is that experiences themselves can actually shift 
the depression. But the problem is I was letting it take control. I didn't know how or when to stop. I could have a drink and I would be good. But the moment I finished that drink, I would have a second drink. And that began the binge. And I'm going to make a Star Wars connection. Um, there's a certain amount of enlightenment that happens while under substance. Um, you do feel connected to something greater or deeper than yourself. And the way I'm connecting this to Star Wars is you do feel a connection to the Force. But within the Star Wars universe, there's the light side of the Force and the dark side of the Force. And for me, alcohol became my connection to the dark side. I would follow... Uh, I would not follow through with commitments. I would be emotionally reactive to my partner. I would be embarrassing with inappropriate uh, engagements with people. Either through some sort of drunk text or drunk dialing or arguing with people on social media and it would often happen where I would wake up and find out that I had texted somebody that I shouldn't have texted um, or that I had fought with somebody on Facebook that I didn't need to or that I had bought a whole bunch of shit on Amazon and I would feel regret. And so with the arrival of my wife's pregnancy and the realization we were having a child, um, it became clear I had to and alcohol use. I went to a few AA meetings and it was always a turnoff situation. Um, I'm an atheist, or at least like a agnostic atheist. Um, and so the second step um, always rubbed me the wrong way, which was to accept uh, submission to a higher power that we have no control. And I didn't see eye to eye with that. Um, in fact, I saw it as redirecting the real problem. But um, thanks to the internet, was able to find... Uh, 
humanist website that had humanist Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And I went, and my partner came with me as a support. And um, I was sober for two weeks. And then I drank one more time. And I realized that there had to be serious, productive work on my inner psyche. And so from that point on, I've been sober. I've also come to terms with the concept of a higher power within AA. Um, A higher power does not have to be a deity. A higher power can be anything that you find greater than yourself. It can be your community, it can be your family, it can be your child, it can be your pet, but just something that is beyond yourself. It can be your relationship. All of this to say that this all spawned directly from unaddressed, undiagnosed depression. Assuming that I didn't have depression because, again, I am a very positive person um, in a lot of respects. And yes. uh, So, anyways... All of this to say that eventually I was able to get to um, an urgent care and was able to see a general practitioner um, to get a prescription for um, sertraline to help with depression, um, as well as a prescription for gabapentin. Um, to help with anxiety. And from a personal experience level, um, depression seems to be the experience of feeling heaviness within, whereas anxiety is more of an electric vibration. And so this is one reason we really need to focus on getting universal health care, as well as promoting mental health awareness um, across the entire world. But uh, I'm going to be speaking United States-centric, because that's where I'm from. Um, It's where I live. But uh, the general practitioner, though, that was very helpful, and I was able to get in free of charge, and I was able to get um, I always forget if it's Medicare or Medicaid, but I was able to get on that to cover my um, my prescription expenses. Uh, it really took um, finding a psychiatrist. 
And this is where we really do need help and awareness. It took a long time of searching um, through my healthcare um, to find a psychiatrist that would actually be able to take take me. And a psychiatrist is a specialist with mental health and medicine. And one thing that you must be aware of if you decide to go this route, or if you're able to go this route, which I encourage, but I was very open with my psychiatrist about the experiences that I was going through. Um, and we experimented openly together with different doses of medication, increases and decreases. And it took approximately six months for me to finally find the right dose. And so now I take sertraline for my depression and I take gabapentin for my anxiety um, when I have a panic attack and it saved my life. There is often a misconception of how the data regarding antidepressants works. Clinical studies have shown that there is an increase of suicide ideation when taking antidepressants. But the way that this data gets misrepresented is that there is a drastic decrease in suicidal completion. The ideation is there at first, and it takes a few months to truly process through. Medication is adding a molecule to your biological system, something in which you are lacking, and it is helping your body to increase a productive, healthy amount of whichever molecule you're missing. So it is not a perfected science. It is still a very young medical field. It is not perfect. It's not uh, always the easiest, but I do encourage that when seeking mental health to through whatever means possible, try to find a psychiatrist and work with them in an open dialogue over a period of at least four to six months before deciding not to continue. <clears throat> Save my life. Um, the second area that... Uh, 
I guess third since I talked about sobriety, but um, I also see a psychotherapist weekly and psychotherapy has been essential uh, in regards to learning communication, in regards to learning process work, and in regards to coming to terms with identifying when I am experiencing an episode. It is very much an urban legend or a myth that a panic attack is always a pass out situation in which all of a sudden you're freaking out and you know, it's, it's just not that dramatic. It's often a slight increase in the heart rate and the need to step away. And so what I've learned is instead of snuffing that out with alcohol, I simply let the feeling arise and I let it pass on its natural experience. And I acknowledge that I'm having a panic attack. And I am open with anybody I may be in conflict with, which generally tends to be my partner um, when I have a panic attack. But the point is being open and transparent about the experience. And also don't blame the other person internally reflect. I am feeling this way. I am sensing my heart rate rising. I am having a trigger response due to my post-traumatic stress disorder and my depression. And in regards to wellness, I have a very serious meditation practice. Um, There are many meditation practices out there. There are syncretic approaches to all of them. There are um, more, more, um, I guess, practice traditionally pure, (laughs) pure uh, methodologies or practices. Um, But uh, find a meditation practice or a spiritual practice that works for you. Um, the one that I have found is a practice known as Vipassana, which I'm actually, um, I am a Vipassana teacher. I'm a certified mindfulness-based cognitive therapy teacher. Um, and the practice in which I navigate through is Vipassana, which is a Buddhist practice. Now, I'm not a Buddhist in, uh, in regards to a capital B Buddhist, um, but I do appreciate uh, elements of the Buddhist teaching. It's um, very wise, practical, tangible, philosophical advice and process work, which really comes down to being in the present moment. And the way the practice works is bringing attention to the breath. Um, And the way that I was trained was to breathe through the nostril, through the nose area, 
and to utilize uh, this practice, which is known as anapana, for centering the mind and beginning the vipassana practice, which is body scans, observing objectively any sensation that may arise within the body. Now, it's a little different than Zen practice um, in that Zen tends to be more intellectual where Vipassana tends to be more physical. And uh, yes, um, find a practice that works for you. A spiritual practice does not have to be a religious practice. Um, So to go through all of this one more time, um, to deal with and cope and process and travel through my depression, I take psychiatric medication as a baseline balance for my body and my material self. I see a therapist whom I have, uh, I feel safe processing with, um, to really process through my emotional health and navigate, uh, between my rational mind and my emotional mind to create a, what's known as a wise mind, the wise mind. And I have a meditation practice um, as a way to address my spiritual needs or my needs of connection beyond. Before I wrap this recording up, um, I want to talk a little bit about trauma. Um, my trauma is complicated as everybody's is. Um, mine comes from an abusive relationship, uh, in which the complexities of this are, um, the abuse that I underwent was not the fault it was not the fault of my abuser uh, in that they had their own struggles that were affecting their engagement with me. And in fact, my rational mind, or we'll call it my intellectual mind, had actually come to terms with this and had uh, spoken with this person and became rekindled the friendship uh, and even went through forgiveness and the forgiveness process. But my emotional mind, my physical experience still experiences visceral responses when I feel like I am in danger or persecuted is uh, the best way to describe it. Um, 
trauma, the way I've heard it described that makes the most sense to me is it is your mind holding something that is too big for it to continue holding. It's a circular continuum. Um, It's a circular relationship between depression and trauma and my own personal experience in that um, trauma often triggers depression and depression often is reactive to trauma. They feed off of each other. And for anybody who's listening to this, um, just know that there are many people on this planet who understand, at least in some capacity, on what you are going through. And having an intellectual understanding of our emotional well-being does not change the fact that we are still experiencing the emotional trauma as it's arising and happening. Knowing it's there is a part of the battle, but it is not the final piece of the entire puzzle. It's process work. For those of you that find yourself to be logic-driven... And non-emotional. I am going to tell you right up front that you are incorrect. And that your emotional mind and your intellectual mind are responding back and forth in a dialectic um, that goes on all day, every day. Because we aren't aware of our emotions does not mean they're not happening. Anger is an emotion. Disgust is an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. All of this is emotion. And in my view, it is better to be aware that we're experiencing it as well as be aware that we can conceptualize it and rationalize it. They're both happening simultaneously. If you have 
ever felt the sensation to harm yourself or others while in a depressive state. And a depressive state can last mere minutes or it can last years. Be aware. Be aware and seek help. There are resources. There are suicide hotlines. There are mental health hotlines. I'm actually making a link page on my music therapy website for all of these resources. But be aware and realize that by harming yourself or others creates toxicity in the universe. Um, when I say universe, I don't mean in the mystical sense, I mean the literal physical being, um, the physical cosmos, the physical planet Earth, the physical human-to-human relationship, uh, however, however you, you want to perceive how I'm saying this, but it will cause damage that you will literally regret if you knew about it. Even when it feels good to get that out there. Just be aware that the sensations arise and pass away and that it is more important to move forward in a productive and healthy manner than it is to create a negative impact that has a ripple effect causing more negativity. Thank you all for listening. Um, I was actually planning on doing an episode on fascism, (laughs) but I had a depressive episode arise and this felt more natural to do. Um, So anyways, thank you all for listening. My name is Dorian Wallace and this is Dorian's Mode. Peace. Consider being a supporter of the show. I'm involved with a musician's co-op called Ampled. Ampled is a Patreon-like platform for musicians collectively owned by its artists and workers. Ampled empowers artists to receive direct community support without intermediaries or gatekeepers. You can become a supporter for whatever amount you think the show is worth. Supporters gain access to exclusive content, including work-in-progress recordings, backstage events, and sneak peeks at upcoming projects. The average supporter gives $6.50 a month. Check out my weekly Twitch show, Socialist Psychedelia Music Hour, which streams every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.twitch.tv slash Dorian Wallace. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. On YouTube, please like and subscribe. For more information regarding my compositional or therapeutic work, please visit my websites at www.dorianwallace.com and www.madarimusic.com. Let's all keep growing the human-to-human experience. My name is Dorian Wallace. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Peace.